the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Yes! Thank you for taking the time to listen to our program. We appreciate it. Now on to more important stuff, but before I do, you know, I need to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can, can you give us a sample of your skill set? How about a guffaw? I love a good <laughs> guffaw. Yes. It was, was that up to your standards? It was, it was, yeah, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't the best, well, but it'll do. It'll do. Thank you. I tried. Yeah. I'll try and do better next time. All right. Good to hear. And I also have to introduce our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. A simple nod of your head will acknowledge your presence in the studio. That'll do. That'll just fine. Okay? You, well, well, first, it's, it's temporary, permanent co-host and listen no one listening can see me nod my head how many times have we discussed this but but anyway regardless i'm excited to be here tonight and i'm really um, looking are, for- are you now um yeah you're excited to be here i don't think so i mean your role I, is so insignificant as a co-host it, it's questionable whether it's even necessary to have you in the studio well. you just might be able to telecommute as all you do is pipe up with a remark now and then it could be done with you on the phone and then you could spend more time with your family <laughs> no 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 i would never consider telecommuting in my role as co-host that would greatly reduce my responsibilities Oh, what responsibilities? As a co-host, seriously? Spud, there are so many tasks that I take care of in my role as co-host, most of which you're not even aware of. You know, I I try to keep a low profile in my position. Yeah, they must be really, really low profile profile duties because, look, I mean, I just see you sitting on the couch playing Candy Crush before we go on the air. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, there was something I wanted to ask you, and I thought it would be interesting for our listeners to take in. I know you're not a big HBO person, but no. a few years ago, there was a great show on Big Love. You know, it, it starred Bill Paxton and a bunch of other amazing actors. Are you familiar with the show? Big Love. No, no I do not well, think I am. It was about someone from your church. I mean, not the church you attend, oh. but the Mormon faith. You know, he had like three or four wives on the show. Um, and, and the show had really, really good ratings. It lasted five seasons. So maybe for the good of this show, um, we could explore this on the air. I, I was thinking, you know, it would be, you know, great radio if you could maybe at least take a few calls from women who might be interested in being the new Mrs. Gerald Holcomb. What do you uh, think? Now, you're not going to have to actually no, no, marry no, no, them. No, I'm only no. talking about exploring the possibilities. That's so hot. Spud. Number one, you are lucky. My lovely wife, Rachel, is not listening to the show right now because she's at her macrame class. And number two, polygamy is a very sensitive topic in my church. You do understand that it was outlawed by our leaders in 1890. It it seems that this ancient practice still remains in some ill-informed minds, but not mine. Um, what's number three? Uh, well... 
Well, I don't have a number three. Okay, well, look, all I'm asking you to do here is be a good sport and take one for the team. I don't have any other ideas to fill up, you know, the airtime on this episode. So just go with it, for God's sakes. It's going to be a thing of beauty. Spud, I take the institution of marriage very seriously. I did, I- too, each time, each and every time I gave it a shot. But this is about you and what, you know, this whole polygamy deal is and, and how it works. Come on, let's just see what the interest is, you know, for anyone out there listening. Can, can we post... A pic of you, you know, from like our show's Facebook page. I don't think any single woman, even a Mormon woman, is going to consider marrying into a group thingy without seeing, you know, what you look like. And I promise we're going to select a flattering picture. Hmm. This is totally inappropriate. And I don't feel comfortable participating in this spectacle. Well, I hope it's going to be a spectacle, though I, I'm not sure what constitutes a legit spectacle these days. I mean, this. who knows? But let's just hope this causes people now listening to hang with us and see how this ends. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you can meet a new friend or two at the worst. It's just not easy knowing he's falling in love with other women right in front of my eyes. I cannot establish friendships with single women. Rachel has made it clear that this is not something I am approved to be participating in. I I can't even meet with my kids' female teachers on back-to-school night without her with me in the classroom. Spud, I don't think you should... I think you should respect his wishes here. His wife is not going Uh, to be... I will respect her wishes. He's he's not going to marry someone that she does not approve of. Uh I mean, look, Gerald... Have your wife text me tomorrow if if she gets upset about this. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. I'll take the hit for it, all right? And the interns have just put up a profile of you on OkCupid just to see see what kind of response you get. You know, it it needs to be quick because this is an hour show, you know, so we bypassed like ChristianMingle.com or Elite Singles. Uh, And we punched up the profile a bit, too, to get some attention. And we even paid, you know, to feature you. So I think we're going to get some responses pretty quick. But anyway, right now, though, while we're waiting, let's bring on our musical guest. I'm pumped to hear these guys. Uh, We're going to speak with them a little later in the program. So say hello to the Riff Brokers. Man was a troubled soul He never knew the joy of growing old When he was shaken but in too many strings The itch between them fell just like a snake I never had the luxury Of falling back on the family Don't be afraid Give me now, give me some rest. Do you think the best 
the last You won't get off the past Your baby won't decay And did I hear you say It's to the gentleman Make sure your cup is full Make sure your philosophy Won't be the death of me Hey, it's Tom Arnold, and I'm on the freaking Spud Goodman show. Like, that's a, is that a real thing? That's a thing? There's, that's a name, right? Uh, okay, my career's over. I'm on the Spud Goodman show, and I was in the movie True Lies many years ago, and now I'm on the freaking Spud Goodman show. So that's, talk about a drop-off. Oh, boy. Spud, yeah. your first guest, Howie Mandel, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, you know, I was thinking the other day of how many Canadian comedians we have had on this show over oh, the years. Yeah, yeah. Seems like hundreds, but it's probably, you know, a little bit less. But Howie's another one. Why does that really cold, sparsely populated country produce so many damn people that make us laugh? It, it's kind of weird. Well, what is the question? You know, now that you mention it, it does seem like that country has produced an inordinate number of funny people in show business. And- I mean, would it be as strange as if, say, like a buttload of magicians came from Brazil or, say, a, a ton of jugglers were from Scotland or even a bunch of, like, tap mm. dancers were f- from Bolivia? I guess there are just some things in life that have no explanation. Hmm. You know, I doubt if there are that many jugglers that come from Scotland. I'm just saying. You whoa, ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. Whoa, it was just an example, okay? Geez, just, just put Howie on. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to our show, the multi-talented Howie Mandel. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm multi-talented. You are, and that's for the record, because I just said it. Well, let me say your I know. New, I know. Your your new Spike TV show, Karaoke Showdown, airs each Thursday at 10.30, 9.30 Central. So yeah. just, what, what so the heck I is it? I want everybody to watch it. I'm, I'm the executive producer. The host of the show is Craig Robinson, the lovely Craig Robinson from the Hot Tub Time Machine and heck The yeah. Office. And for those that don't know, and nobody should know because it hasn't really aired yet, it's a cross between cash cab and don't forget the lyrics. So somebody, unsuspecting person, just orders a car service. They uh, expect to go from point A to point B. The car shows up, and your driver, lo and behold, is Craig Robinson. So that's kind of fun right at the beginning. And then as soon as he closes the door to the car, it becomes a giant karaoke club. And he forces you to sing songs and, and to play musical games for big cash and prizes before you get to your next location. Super. And what's fun about it is most people, well, I should say everybody that he picks up is not a professional singer. They're not really even that good, which makes for funny, great television. 
So, uh, so singing is, I thought singing or humming was involved. So, all right, we've confirmed that. All right, super. You know, Craig's a very cool guy. He's been on the show. We, we love him. So, anyway, um, you know, I mentioned uh, you were multi-talented. I, yeah, we stated that. So, have you ever sang on stage? Is there a Howie Mandel singing Broadway hits record or something in a been at a used record store somewhere? I have sang on stage. I'm not good. Um, I have no musical talent whatsoever. But that doesn't stop me from uh, singing. I, I love my voice, and like comedians say, if I could just make one person laugh, I'm doing my job, and uh, when I'm singing, that one person is me, so I feel like I'm doing my job. Is there a record or something somewhere that people could ever find? Um, I don't know. I have not been given a recording contract for singing okay. yet, All right, there but you that, go. Doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it won't happen. All right, there you go. Um, well, you also have a comedy special on the CW airing on 116 that features a few guys that have been guests on our show and are big favorites. Of course, at the top of my list is the man, Mr. J.B. Smoove. you got Jay Farrow and, of course, Joe Coy, among others. Should be a great show, right? It is a great show. It's two hours of comedy on the CW on Monday. It's, uh, I host the gala from the Just for Last Festival, which is the mecca for all things comedy in Montreal. And every year they have this. A lot of the big stars uh, have come out. A lot of big comedy stars, Tim Allen and Roseanne Barr and Louis Anderson, have come out of this festival. And, you know, everybody from Jerry Seinfeld to anybody who's anybody in comedy plays at this festival. So I'm hosting a two-hour gala of comedy all-stars on the CW on Monday. All right, super. I've written that down. So, hey, let's let's take a, a, a step into the Wayback Machine and look at your career in the early days. I have a quick question for you. I was wondering, how much did you budget for latex gloves in your act? Did you use a brand new one to blow up on stage, or did you recycle the same one all the time? No, I have an endless... Uh, I'm a germaphobe, and I have an endless supply of latex gloves beyond my act. That's why I had them in my pocket, because... From the, uh, you know, I don't, as you know, I don't shake hands and I don't, and I am a germaphobe, so I have, uh, I work for gloves, not for cash. Well, well, that, that kind of hits me up, uh, leads me into a question I was going to hit you up on, and that is, it's a public service question. You, you know, you're very knowledgeable about germs because you, your hygiene is amazing. You know, we're in flu season right now. What is your top tip to avoid other people's germs? Uh, don't lick a stranger. Okay. All right, there you got it. All right, that's for the record. If I could interject here, licking total strangers in Hollywood would not be a safe idea even out of flu season. Well, Spud, the rampant sexual activity in show business is quite disturbing. It can be a really hey, dangerous... Uh, Howie, uh, just a second. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure he was just joking. Well, as often as Hollywood stars jump from bed to bed, I, I don't know. Do you not read the National Enquirer? These no. people are having random intercourse with each other like rabbits. Maybe, but I know how he isn't, okay? No way he would exchange bodily fluids with anyone. And if he did, I bet he would triple bag it at least. So now let me get back to him before he speed dials his agent or something. Um, so, uh... The last time you're on, and I, I wanted, I wanted to go back there. Uh, your man on the street segments, I, I still, uh, you know, I, I treasure them. The one, you know, in the old days. Um, do you think, with the days of the saturation of the media, that those segments would ever be possible for you to do again? Because I TiVo them for sure. If you ever gave them another shot, but would they be doable? I'll say yes. I'm not sure exactly uh, of what you speak, but yes. No, well, you, you know, I you do them again. You know, I don't know what the man on the street segments are. For oh, you mean like my hidden camera stuff, like yeah. I did on Leno? And, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, I'm always doing those. I do those regardless of whether they're being broadcast or not. I'm always carrying hidden camera stuff, and 
that's why I love Karaoke Showdown. You know, that's kind of in that same vein. I love the idea of people ending up on a, you know, they just, uh, un, uh, you know, unbeknownst to them that they're being picked up what they think is a regular lift and then they're on this game show. That's kind of a hidden agenda, you know, and they don't know that Craig Robinson is there. So that's kind of, we're in the same, you know, uh, space when we do the show. It is a... Like kind of a hidden camera game show because they don't know that they're going to be on camera when they get into the car. All right, super. Um, well, are, let me ask you this: uh, on another show you're involved with, uh, are you at all concerned that America will someday run out of talent? And if so, what is the show's plan B if this should occur? Uh, there is no plan B, and the best things don't have a plan B. And I believe they will not run out of talent. I think that 99% of making it is showing up, and each a previous year seems to inspire the following year so anything that happened you know we just came back from a banner year um we just finished uh, my golden buzzer won the whole thing that little uh, girl grace vanderwald the 12 year old she's a beautiful talented uh, i've never seen anything quite like that i think that this inspires a lot of other young people to come and try out so I don't think it's a never-ending uh, plethora of talent that will show up on that stage, and that's why we are we are and continue to be the number one show of the summer. Yeah, all right. Well, if the producers consider expanding the talent pool, just just an idea, they might want to include all of North America's show business would be screwed without all the comedians from Canada and Mexico has some great musicians too. So just a, just a thought. But anyway, all right. Well, I'm gonna let you go. You got stuff to do. I know that for a fact. So I want to remind everyone that your new show on Spike TV airs each Thursday at 10:30, 9:30 Central. And as I stated, you have a new comedy special on the CW on the 16th, 8 p.m. 7 Central. So thank you so much for coming back on our show. My pleasure, buddy. Absolutely, Mr. Howie Mendel. This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Uh, Spud, yeah. our resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding well, on the line Well, put him you. on. He's the only psychic we have, and, well, yeah. and we need to keep him happy. You know, psychics don't grow on trees. Do his plug. Oh, right. Uh, Ted Marr's Out of This World radio show can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle, and on the web. Here he is. And now here's our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Spud. It's good to talk to you today. Yeah, as my listeners know, I'm a big animal lover, so I wanted to ask if, you, you know, if they ever get payback on humans in the afterlife. I, I was thinking particularly of that freaking douchebag dentist from Minnesota who, who shot Cecil the lion a while back. You, you remember that story, right? I do, and I and uh, from my uh, when I lived in India, I learned that anytime you do good karma or good things or bad karma or bad things, it comes back to you at least ten times. So that um, that gentleman in Minnesota who killed that poor lion, he'll have to pay back ten times for that uh, for that act of uh, uh, murdering that poor yes, lion. Yes, super, because he was a beloved animal who loved people. I mean, loved people. Probably even that dentist dude before he killed him saw. Did animals ever get to face the people who treated them so horribly in their existence on Earth? I sure hope so. 
most certainly when he when the when the gentleman passes over, he'll have to face that lion and relive all of the emotions that lion felt when he was uh, killed by that by that person. Super. Well, you know, I was also thinking of Donald Trump Jr. and his little brother Eric. Uh, these guys go out and shoot lions, tigers, and bears for the fun of it, or, or, or as they call it, the sport of it. Though in most competitions, I'm pretty sure the playing field's supposed to be equal, and all the animals have is their feet to run away from the bullets, and the, the Trump kids have those high-powered rifles. It's not a real fair competition. Well, that's the thing about hunting. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was a, was a big hunter, too. Of course, that was about 100 years ago. But I, I hope, I think one day, humanity on the planet will become more vegetarian, so we won't have to hunt animals. Right. Excuse me, Spud. Yes. Well, I know you're trying to figure out a vegetarian diet these days, but... Yes, I am. And it's about time I did. No meat or animal products. That's the plan. Well, but didn't I see you eating a few slices of the intern's pizza from Domino's earlier? I'm pretty sure well, there was pepperoni on it. Yeah, but it's pizza, and it was just like a little pepperoni, and it still had a lot of black olives and green peppers, too. So technically, still a veggie pizza. Eh, I don't want to be a food referee, but that is not a vegetarian meal. Y you know, I hate refs so much, so just mind your own freaking business, and let me get back to Ted. All right, I'm back. You know, I have no problem with hunters who actually eat what they hunt, I guess, but mm -hmm. I doubt seriously that those rich, you know, tiny penis dudes who travel the world to shoot lions, tigers, and bears ever munch on their prey. And all I hope is that maybe, you know, they're someday going to be the ones hunted in the afterlife. See what you can do to make this happen, you know, with your super psychic powers. Well, I have to tell you what goes around comes around. Yes. And people who kill animals without any reason or justification do pay for it eventually. I guarantee it. All right. Yeah, nah. All right. You gave me a little bit of uh, hope there and a little pep in my step, so I want to thank you. I'm going to let you go. So there you have it. Once again, our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Oh, thank you so much, Spud. Bye-bye. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Ambition. And we're pigs now. And we are on. And we are on. Hello, this is Dahlia. And Lucian. And we are pigs now. And we are pigs now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Would you believe we're getting some responses from that OK Cupid post? Really? You know, we, really? we just put up. That was fast. I guess, I guess we, you know, messaged a couple of them uh, and gave them our studio line number, so someone's uh, actually waiting to speak with you. No, no, no. I, no. I think it's a woman. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes. Is, is this Gerald? No, no, and... We didn't use his real name in the ad. How how did you know his actual name? The guy I was talking to before I was put on told me. I think he said his name was Trent. Our top-notch intern, Trent, huh? Mm -hmm. He was not supposed to identify our prospective groom here. Just mellow out. I was fine. Uh, I, got, yeah. I got it. And just, just keep that to yourself and wipe it off your mental hard drive, okay? So can I ask, are you Mormon, if I could ask that? No. No, I'm not. Okay. I was raised Methodist. You know... The info on OKCupid okay didn't say anything about me having to be Mormon. Come on, you can do it. No worries. You can always, like, convert later. 
So what are you looking for in a husband? And, and have you ever been in one of you know, these kind of relationships? No, never have been in a polyamorous relationship. I have right. watched that uh, Showtime series about this type of thing, though, and it looked fun. It was a great show. I mean, it's I not something show. I would want to be involved in for the rest of my life, but I yeah, am the adventurous point. type, and I would be up for a test run. <laughs> so okay. can I ask Gerald if everything in his profile on the site was accurate? Can someone really make 500000 a year as a co-host on a little well, radio show? Well. Hell no, you can't! Y- y- um, your caller, caller, I really apologize for this. I had nothing to do with it. This is just a stunt to generate more listeners. Uh, hey, and caller, I object- is, is polyamorous and polygamy the same thing? Uh, anyway, I did tell the interns to inject a bit of pizzazz in the profile as we needed, you know, some immediate responses. I, uh. I guess it worked. The truth is, he's not a super wealthy guy, but he does have two jobs, this and his don't... wife works part-time as a Tupperware rep. No, don't... And that brings in some cash, too, right? So they are not poor, okay? Please, please do not discuss my family's finances on the air. My gosh, this is so wrong on every level. Uh, caller, I'm sorry about this, and I'm sorry the show wasted your time here, as I am not... You don't want to up the marriage? I was under the impression you did. Um, you're not looking for another partner? Yeah, I think it's too soon for him to make that call. Hey, I'm can, I, not... can I ask if you're into role-playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just speaking for myself here. But that's something I've always wanted to get into, but no women in my life, you know, were ever into it, and so it just never, was, you know, never made it happen. <laughs> role-playing but... is so much fun. I can't imagine why any woman would be hesitant it can be very romantic with the right guy. Yeah, and I don't know if Gerald is that guy, so I'm you know, not. maybe role playing is not. Let me ask. Probably forget about that one. But so, caller, do you enjoy? Listen, that, that, but that's enough. I, I'm really sorry, but I cannot continue this conversation. Uh, caller, have a nice day. Thank you for participating in the show. Um, is she gone? Um, okay, well. That was kind of rude, man. That was, that was, but don't ever do that to me again. Someone from my church could be listening to this nonsense, and that would be very unfortunate for me, you know. Yeah, I seriously <laughs> doubt anyone from your church has ever heard of this show. I mean, be honest. You've never mentioned it to anyone there that you're on this show, right? Just say it. You're embarrassed about being associated with the Spud Goodman show. Aren't you? That is messed up, yo. Well, I, I don't think embarrassed is the correct term. I, I would say I prefer to keep this side of my life private from my fellow LDS congregation members. Uh, surely there are areas of your life that you wish to keep well, off the radar. Yeah, I, I think it's called you know, like the down low. And right. yeah, I mean, there are a few things of mine best kept private. You know, I will give you that. But not this show. I well, mean, this is very disappointing to me personally. This is my show I, you're talking I know, about. I know. Just, just, just do your job and see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, okay. And, Before I uh, get really upset. Here. Uh, uh, Spud, the board is telling me that your next guest, Betsy Brandt, is good to go. All right, cool. You know, uh, she used to live around here uh, before she got her big break in TV and movies. Hmm, I did not know that. Yep. You know, my wife and I have watched her on her CBS series, Life in Pieces. She's very good on that show. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I loved her on Breaking Bad. She was awesome. Oh, Yeah, Breaking Bad has been on our list of TV shows that are not appropriate. What the hell, yo? Well, yeah, for your kids, yeah, I mean, I understand that. No, no, for my wife and I. But it was about a high school teacher who made methamphetamine in his spare time, and there was bad language in it, too. It was maybe the best TV show of all time, and if not, then in the top three for sure. Good call, yo. 
You miss out on some great TV and movies. I don't get you at all. Well, we prefer to watch non-drug dealing teachers on TV, if you don't mind. It's just a show, man. Just put Betsy on. Hey, here she is. Please welcome actress Betsy Brandt to the show. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to be talking to Seattle because I used to live there. That's right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, oh, my God. I always say I got my acting chops in Seattle because that's I moved there after college. There's just there's so much great theater in that town, and I... I, that's where I, I wanted to live, and I moved there, and I did, a, you know, I was lucky enough to do a bunch of theater with, you know, some wildly talented people. Well, oh, as a resident here, I was, I was a little curious. How does a Dick's Deluxe Burger in Seattle compare to the In-N-Out uh, Double Double Down South? What do you think? Oh, interesting. Now, this is going to be a, a kind of lame answer. When, when I lived in Seattle, I didn't eat meat. Okay, well... Yeah. So I was doing, like, the veg burger, and nothing against being vegetarian or vegan. I did that for 12 years. Not vegan, vegetarian, for almost 12 years. And then when I moved to New Mexico, I started eating red meat again. And, oh, my God, I, I really, like, I was like, why did I leave this for so long? Right. All right. Well, um, let me let me ask you about the movie. You, you star in a new movie, Claire in Motion, uh, coming out on the 13th, both in theaters and video on demand. Can you give our listeners the basic storyline? It's about this, I can't say this out loud without laughing, um, a math professor. (laughs) I play a math professor. Um, I'm so not even close to a math professor. Um, And she's married to an ornithology professor, and he goes on these survivalist hikes. And, you know, he's very comfortable, you know, as an ornithologist and outdoors and with birds and, you know, eating bugs and plants, etc. And he, um, you know trains he's very regimented he comes back you know on schedule and he's late so at the beginning of the movie he's late and she's saying that she's not worried but i you know you can tell that she's worried they have a 12 year old son and he knows that he's never late and she's like you know he's stuck in traffic it's fine her best friend says are you worried and she says no but she's worried and then he just he doesn't come back days go by wow and so the police, you know, there's a hunt. The police, you know, there's a search party. Police start looking for him. And um, I love this actor. Ken Strunk plays uh, the police chief who's looking for him. And he says, you know, we checked out that lead with um, the grad, with uh, Allison Lorne. And I'm like, who is that? He was working with this woman from the university and a grad student on an art project. And, you know, Claire knew nothing about that. And so it turns out he's missing now there's, you know, this life that she didn't even know about. And so there's just, there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah. And she has to come to terms with that. And so, and, and there is a bit of a thriller aspect there. I mean, there are no car chases or anything like that, but there are moments where you were like, oh my God, was he there? Was he, you know, you're definitely on the edge of your seat. And um, also, you know, just where she goes as a, you know, as a wife and, you know, a mom and just, you know, as her own person, as a woman, it's, um, you know, it's a really, really great story. I didn't write it, but I, but I sure had fun playing that role. Right. You're, you're a really dedicated wife in movie. Uh, cause I, yeah, I've, 
I've checked it out, so I, I sure hope my wife, if I ever find someone again, uh, will, will care enough to look for me around the clock if I go missing, because m- most of the women in my past would probably just get on with their lives a few hours after filing Listen, the missing persons report. Listen, I've only talked, spoken to you briefly. Who would not care? Who would? Come on. You have to. You oh, can't tell you. me that. Well, I, I can't believe you've been in, you've been in like a, are you saying long-term relationship? They would look for you. Well, I hope so, but you know, I just have this, I don't know, I got this feeling that I'd be pretty much be abandoned within the hour, but anyway, that's another, I won't bore you with that. Are you asking me to come look for you? Because I well, wish you would just like flat out say it. Just say it. Good to know. Seattle, on the air right now. Good to know you'd have my back, but all right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I'd let, bring my dog. I would bring my dog. I would wow. Wow. Have him smell like your jacket. You'd have to get me some piece of clothing or something. And you then I are, try and get my golden doodle to track you. You are very special. I'll put that out for the record. All right. Well, I got to touch on your role um, as Marie Schrader. Okay. Yeah, I know. On one of the most amazing TV shows of all time, Breaking Bad. Because I was wondering while doing the show, was waiting for the scripts, kind of like looking forward to reading the next chapter of a great book. I mean, were you guys some, excited? Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, the storytelling is just like fantastic. And, you know, like we were talking about Claire and I loved the script so much. I mean, I was so spoiled on Breaking Bad that that's, it it just, it definitely raises the bar for you. You know, they started sending outlines before we'd get the script, so we kind of knew what was happening in the story. And in the beginning, I'm like, I don't want to read them. I don't want to read them because I don't want to, I want to wait until I get the script and, you know, just experience the whole thing and and what's happening in that script. And then after a while, I couldn't wait. I just, I I, I needed to know what was going to happen. Right. I mean, the writers on that show, it, it was, it, it, I, I, I really don't know how they did it. I don't know. But, you know, it was phenomenal writing. We, we had R.J. Mitty on uh, a while back, and I asked him this, but I want to hit you with this. How closely guarded was the working script for the season finale? More top secret than the Manhattan Project? Or did you guys have to, like, swear on the life of someone that you wouldn't even <laughs> tell your family? Probably the same. Probably about the same. Um, you know, in the beginning, it, it, you know, it, it was, it's, it, you know, it certainly wasn't as big of a deal. And so, you know, everything was just kind of out there. And then, you know, when the show really started to catch on and, and you know, Cramston was really, he was like, we really want to protect the story. We don't want it to get out. And, and that was, you know, really to be respectful of our viewers. You know, you wanted to, and, and I was a huge fan of the show. And believe me, I wouldn't want to know unless, you know, I mean, I had to be in it, so I had to know. But, um, you know, when you love a show, like, you, you want to watch it and the way you're meant to see everything unfold. So, you know, really out of respect to our viewers, there were things like there were sometimes I was like, I can't learn this scene because all my lines are redacted. So I need Wow. You know, eventually they get you, you know. You Just like the and, NSA or something. Everything was redacted. I like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense, but it was good. And, you know, we had a script stolen once. Oh. Um, and it, it ended up being, you know, a much bigger deal than, than one would think. All right. Super. Say, Spud, I was wondering. Uh, excuse me for just a second here. No, this is one time I will not let you cut in here, as I have made a connection with Betsy. Can you not sense this woman does not find me repulsive? I would go even further to say she sort of even likes me in a, you know, in a platonic radio-friendly way. Um, This is quite invigorating for me and my self-esteem, so don't even try to block me here. I'm not trying to block you. I'm just wondering... But you are. So back off and let me finish up this thing with Betsy. She might even agree to come back on the show someday. You never know. Well, here's my penultimate closing question, all right? Because I must ask it because it's in my contract. Betsy Brandt, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? Oh, my God. 
I wasn't ready for that. Oh my God, that's, that's huge. That's my job. I got to keep my guests a little, little on edge, yeah. Um, okay, the first thing that came to me, and it may be because we're talking about Breaking Bad, but also because this was a huge um, watershed moment for me. When we were filming the... Um, when we were filming the uh, uh, intervention scene, season one of Breaking Bad, I, I just felt incredibly lucky to be part of something so special. I mean, just it was. I just felt it, and I felt the cast and the crew feel it. That I was so excited. I remember saying to Vince, "I wanted to have shirts made that said intervention," and you know, like it was. It was just a. There's sometimes I've had multiple. I mean, I, I feel a little greedy. I've I've had multiple experiences like this. All right, well, very cool. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. What's the last question? If that's the penultimate question. That was my closing question because I know you got stuff to do and people to talk to, so I'm not going to hold oh, you any thank longer. Thank you, thank you, well, thank you. It's so great to chat with you. Have a great day. L- let me remind everyone though that you have that new movie, Claire in Motion, at theaters and video on demand on the 13th. I just want to get that back in there. So hey, we appreciate you calling thank into the you show. Thank you so much. I love that you can see it in Seattle on screen or uh, the comfort of your own home on the 13th. All right, there you go, Ms. Betsy Brandt. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. So okay. great talking to you. You take care. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is a Spud Goodman Show. <laughs> okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please give a warm hello to our musical guest, the Riff Brokers. Hey, please announce your birth names and instrument, please. My birth name is Nick Millward, guitar. All right. I'm Heather Millward, and I play bass guitar. Okay. I'm Dirk Lebsack, and I play drums. All right, super. So for the record, and I would remind you uh, that you are under oath here, was the band born in Boise, Idaho? Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Did some research there. Super. Um, now, off the record, just in case you, Nick, and you, Heather, are pulling a white stripes thingy claiming to be brother and sister, have you two, you know, at any point formally exchanged wedding vows? It's not going to go any further. We did on January 16th, 2008. So our... We're yeah. not, we've never claimed to be brother or sister. It, no, I don't think anybody would believe us. Some I'm somebody's brother, different. but not hers. <laughs> okay, so, but you've outed yourself. Okay, it's public record now then. All right. Um, so how about you, Dirk? Are you married... Yes, sir, I am. Super. You know, I'd like to get married again myself, but this interview's not about me, right? So anyway. Um, so the Riff Brokers sound, uh, you know, is what? Fill in the blank. H- how would you describe it? Yes, it's a lame question, but, you know, it's tough to come up with, like, fresh stuff week after week. It's my apologies. Yeah, a lot of people say replacements meets Tom Petty, like old Tom Petty. Uh, it, Elvis Costello comes up. Uh, that's not my intention. It's just the way it comes out. I, I like a lot of British Invasion, Garage Rock, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, Absolutely. So, so that's that's what I tr- shoot for, and then it comes out sounding like replacements and uh, Elvis Costello, I guess. Well, I like the sound a lot. Dirk, you okay with it? What would you said? Absolutely. I, you know, I have to include the drummer. He's just sitting in the back. I, you're part of this song. Just remember that. All right. So what's the name of the next song? And is it about anyone that might be pissed off if they knew it? Uh, no. This, is, uh, this next song is called I'm Worried, and it's just about general anxiety. Oh. That I think oh, we yeah. all feel. Absolutely on that. It's universal. I'm with you. Okay, let's do it.
Bud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, this is Shirley Jones, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. It's wonderful. Hey, uh, Spud, yeah. your guest Steve Jones is holding to speak with you. Now, he was in some famous rock and roll band, right? Uh, yeah, I think most people have heard of the band he was in, the Sex Pistols. Uh, of course, not you, but most people. Most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're kind of a people. Yeah, the Sex Pistols. Right. Now, is that a band or is that... Pornography. I can only imagine their music videos were awful. I bet they could only be seen in one of those booths with a curtain, something oh, like oh, that. Oh, you know about those porno shops with the coin-operated uh, booths? Uh, it's kind of retro. Well, I heard, I've it's heard. It's good to know, but but the Sex Pistols were a very important band in rock history. Uh, they only put out one studio album, but it is a classic punk rock record for sure. One album? Yes. I, I guess punk bands have the lifespan of a moth, huh? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Hey, the next time I come over to your place, I'll bring a copy dubbed on a cassette tape so you can play it in your car on family trips, all right? Just put Steve on, please. He's not the type of guy who likes to wait around. All right, very well. Here he is. Please say hey to musician, actor, and now author Steve Jones. How you doing, man? How you doing? Not too bad at all, actually. So, you have a new book out titled The Lonely Boy, Tales of a Sex Pistol, full disclosure. Gotta say this, I, I should state I'm a fan of yours and the band. I mean, I mean, never mind the bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols is still as vital today as it was released in 77, I believe, and that's a fact. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Thank you. Yep. It's pretty amazing, one album, and uh, people still talk about, talk about it 40 years later. Absolutely. So, I must ask you, how long did it take you to write the damn book? Because that's the only downside of being an author, uh, or that's why I haven't written my memoirs yet. Uh, you know, officially, that's my position. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I um, it took me, I don't know, about a year, I guess, off and on. Um, and and I'm, I'm lazy. You know, I, I, I'm the worst person to get things done these days. But I, I wanted to do it 15 years ago, 10 years ago. You know, I, I thought about the idea, but I kind of just talked myself out of it. And it all kind of fell into place about a year ago. A, a book company, um, a couple of different book companies, one in England and here, showed interest. And I, I found a good, a good ghostwriter, and it just seemed to, seemed to be the right time. I'm glad I did it now rather than 15 or 10 years ago, because my insight is a lot better now than it was back then. Right. Well, let's start at the beginning when you, Paul uh, Cook, and Glenn Matlock uh, started the band. Because Johnny Lydon was brought in later, correct? He, he came in a little little after, not long. I mean, we, we was actually called QT Jones and the Sex Pistols, uh, where I was singing. And we had another guitar player, Wally Nightingale. And, uh, uh, and then Malcolm McLaren was involved because I was a friend of Malcolm's prior to the band. And he showed a little bit of interest, and rightly so. We did one show uh, when it was when it was the original Sex Pistols with me singing, and it was a it was a nightmare. And I hated being the front guy, and that's when I knew I shouldn't be singing, and that's when I got thrown over to guitar, and that's when we auditioned for singers, and that's when John came about. All right, super. 
Well, I wanted to touch uh, on the creation of punk rock. There, there are some in the U.S. who say the origins of it were born in New York, but it's clear you were a main figure and instrumental in this scene uh, really taking off in London. So, I mean, what's your position on that? You know, I don't know. It's still around these days. People have discussed that topic. I know. It kind of gets on my nerves. Yeah. You know, the snobbery of where punk started, whatever the hell that means. Um, there, it was different in England than it was in, uh, in, in America, New York, if you want to be Pacific. Um, it was a different thing going on. There was a lot of poverty going on and grim times in London. I don't think it was that bad in, in uh, New York at that period. Um, I, I don't think that. And it was, the fashion was a lot different with us than, than New York. But it's, you know, you know what I mean? It, 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 to me, like, the Stooges was like, that, they, that, that's who, uh, they inspired me. The New York Dolls inspired me. Right. So, um, I don't know. You know, it's always the people who ain't in bands who's the one who come up with these myths. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I mean... It, it's probably that's a lame topic, but I, it's funny that people still kind of kick it around occasionally, you know. But anyway, no, I know that's okay. Kick it around. I, I don't. I don't care. All right. All right. Well, with any genre of music in the arts as a whole, you know, there are those who strongly, you know, feel about <clears throat> you know maintaining the purity of the scene and everything. How was it being managed by Malcolm McLaren, uh, who was an aggressive marketer of the band in the scene? Well, he definitely, uh, he definitely had a knack for uh, a certain style. He didn't, look, he didn't look after the business side of it for us uh, at all. I mean, it was a mess. But as far as some um, ideas, he, he, was, he was important. He was a good manager in that sense. But, you know, he had his own massive ego and he wanted to be in the band too, like he did later on when he did, you know, the Buffalo Girls and all right, that stuff. Right, right. He, he, he ain't. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that element to be a rock and roller. He's just. He's just. You know. He should. He should. He's better off just managing. Right. Personally. Right. When I see when I see him on like doing the Buffalo Girls, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> but he was important, Malcolm, and he was very important to me growing up. He steered me in a different direction that I've, I talk about in the book prior to the band. You know, I was kind of just an urchin at the time. I used to go to soccer matches and get in the fights and, and be a kleptomaniac. And he kind of steered me. He showed me another side of life. He would take me to all the nightclubs and the avant-garde side of things where all the rock and rollers used to hang out. And it, and it, it, it was very important for me to, to, to be... be, 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 be became friends you know yeah i think i i think i might have to state uh for the record i think i might still have a dance mix of uh, buffalo girls it's kind of embarrassing but i do have it so anyway if i may um, spud what? this talk about punk rock may be a little tiresome for those of us who enjoy good wholesome rock and roll like say steely dan or kansas oh. uh, i just don't understand why anyone would enjoy loud music with so much anger music is meant to help us relax 
Hey, just a sec, Steve. Okay. There are times when one really needs music that, like, kickstart you, you know, give you a burst of energy. Sure, if I have my iPod on right before I go to sleep or, or go into surgery, I might go mellow. But for the rest of the time, I need music to get me going. You know, I don't do coffee. No matter how many ways they serve it, the stuff still tastes like liquid dirt. And if that makes me sound like a communist, so be it. Yeah, well, you know I'm with you on the topic of coffee. It has never touched my lips. But I feel a change in the type of music you listen to might help your performance anxiety issues in the bedroom. Well, yeah, I know my therapist said the same thing. But let me tell you, they can take away my loud music when they pry it from my cold, dead hands. Now, let me get back to Steve. Well, then I wanted to ask you, uh, what was your first, uh, you know, what was your take when you first heard the cutoff, Nirvana's Nevermind? Because, you know, that, that, that they kind of cracked the code in making punk rock for the masses or whatever whatever label you want to tack it on. But, you know. I liked, I liked Nirvana. I thought they were very good. Very good band. Um, it's funny, that one song, Teen Spirit, is kind of the same chords as More Than a Feeling by Boston. Wow, I have to think about that one. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, do, you, do you still see music as an effective tool for expressing political anger and frustration? Because I see a pretty bright future for American punk rock bands right now. If you know, you get my drift. I know what you're saying. Um, I think, I think, I hope someone comes along. But see, I don't. It, it, I know they're good if I don't like them, because that's that's the objective. If you're a teenager. You want to appeal to other teenagers. I, you, you don't want to appeal to me. I'm 61 years old. Right. So I shouldn't like whatever new kids are coming up with. If, if, if You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like doing punk 40 years later, like attempting to do it like how he was doing our music 40 years ago. Right, right. So technology, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the future is as far as uh, bands. But I hope it ain't the end of, of rock and roll as we know it. Guitars, bass, drums, and some singer prancing around on stage, you know? Right. I, I hope that that doesn't end. It seems like that's kind of becoming, you know, you've got these bands now that ain't even bands. It's some guy with his computer, and they have these raves, and they, they get paid stupid money, and he's got his computer in a suitcase, and he goes home, and everyone seems to be happy. But... You know, yeah. I, I I have no idea. I, I'm just I'm just grateful that I came about in the early '70s when it was thriving, and I, and had some good memories about it all. Right. Yeah. With that other thing, you, you definitely don't want to lose the stick, the memory stick. But anyway, I was going to hit with the last question. You're now a radio personality, currently in Los Angeles at KLOS. How would it go if you had to interview yourself back in the '70s? Any fisticuffs? Because it wouldn't be boring for sure. Um, I would be scared to interview myself. If I was interviewing myself back in the seventies, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I know you got to go, so I want to remind listeners that uh, you have a new book out, "Lonely Boy: Tales of a Sex Pistol." It's available everywhere. People just need to ask for it. So, hey, I want to thank you so I did, much. Yeah, I did a, an audio for it too that comes out today. Okay. Very cool. People need to look for that. Then I just want to again thank you so much for calling into our show. Okay, buddy. Thank all right, you. Mr. Steve Jones. My, how time flies. You know, d don't get mad, but we do have another caller waiting to speak with you. What? Just, just go along with this, and I promise there's something in it for you after the show. Wait, 
after the show. Yeah. You know, the only thing I'm interested in is a greater role on the air. Well, we, we can discuss that later. Right uh, now, let's chat with this caller. As the intern uh, said from the pic she sent, she's like, beautiful. I mean, how does that resonate for you in the bedroom? Caller, you on? Is this the guy from OK Cupid? Um, yeah, he's here. So, so, so is it is it true you you are Mormon? If I could ask that, I I, I was told you just left one of those poly deals. T- tell us what happened. Yes, I am Mormon, and I will say okay. I have recently left an unhappy marriage. Oh. I won't get into the specifics here, but there were a few issues that we were not able to overcome. Can I speak with Gerald? Um. Absolutely. I guess she knows your name anyway. Uh, uh, dude, just say something. No, say something. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Hello, caller. Uh, I, I think this show has been irresponsible in trying to entice you and the prior women to call into the show. Make no mistake, this is, uh, this is about ratings and nothing more. I am not looking to open my marriage up to other people, though I am sure you are very attractive. Listen, she's you- totally hot. I just saw her profile pic. I would advise you to at least, at least give this some consideration. And it only makes common sense. Thank you, Spud. Yeah. Gerald, before you reject out-of-hand polygamy, you and your wife should fully explore all the benefits. Oh. I, too, was very hesitant to even think about this option but it truly was the only really satisfying relationship I have ever experienced as a woman. You see? All right. Uh, but but you got a divorce or whatever, right? I mean, lawyers must love you guys, you know, with all the billable hours with the paperwork and stuff. It's a gold mine. Actually, I'm just separated. There okay. are right. four others still in the marriage. I'm not closing the door to reconciliation, but one of my sister wives is such a just not a nice person. Okay, all right. I needed a break and thought exploring another arrangement might be good for me right now. Lauren, will you accept this for us? Well, I really should, uh, you know, run this by you and ask you this. Do you dig spending all your free time staying home playing board games on the weekends? I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, this guy and his family are, are pretty boring. Um, you know, I, I mean, they never go out to a club and hear hey. live music. They hardly ever go to the movies. I know for hey, a listen, fact I, that I'm they... I'm going to ask you again. Please do not divulge private information about my family on the air. It is highly offensive. Caller, I'm trying to be real. I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry that we wasted your time. I am a happily married man who prefers one woman in a marriage. I'm traditional in that sense. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. That's fine. You sound like a really nice guy. Thank you. If this is out of your comfort zone, then I will respect that. Okay. I would add, though, you might want to run this by your wife. You'd be surprised by how she might feel. Right? Oftentimes, women, yeah, women won't express their romantic curiosity to their husbands. No, no, no. My no. sister wives have described me as a very good listener, which is a highly romantic trait. Huh. I'll leave my contact information with your staff. Kick it around with her, and if you both feel differently later, give me a call. Man, that is so awesome of you. you know, if I was still married, I for sure would give this a try. You don't think I feel bad that I invited all these people to this huge wedding and blew everyone out. I wasted everyone's time. Well, um, can I ask you, would you ever go out with a single guy? I mean, I could try and remarry first, but that would take me a while. I'm sorry, but I'm not attracted to single men. The heart wants what the heart wants, you well, know. Okay. I should go, but I'll leave my number. Bye, Gerald. Uh, good. Goodbye. Hey, hey! I would at least talk.
toss it out to to Rachel. I mean, you don't know. The worst thing that can happen is she says no. It's jack what you're saying. That is not the worst thing she could say. Trust me. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Thank I need, you, I, I need to wrap yeah. this thing up now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are the Riff Brokers. Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin and Trent Patello. Video director T.J. Pike. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Derek Schneider, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs> 